Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Stag Roar. This episode is brought to you by our mates at Modern Pirate, 100% carbon neutral. Modern Pirate makes an amazing range of men's grooming products. And if you're one of our Aussie listeners, then you've probably seen them in your quality barber shop. I've used the pomade in their matte clay paste to style what hair I have left. And their charcoal soap is the business. You can get 10% off every order by simply entering the code STAGROAR at checkout. That's lowercase S-T-A-G-R-O-A-R. Look good and support yet another quality Kiwi export that the Aussies are sure to claim as their own. Check them out at modernpirate.com.au. That code again is STAGROAR. Beauty. Sounds good. Oh, that's, that's bloody intense. Yeah. Fills <laughs> the ears. I haven't used these ones before. Yeah, that's good. Nice, mate. Sweet as. So um, we're after 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been in the gym, brother. Yeah, the sauna. It's pretty addictive. <laughs> yeah, oh, I had like a half hour workout before I came, and then um, my boys only came up and did the sauna with me. So yeah, where are you doing that at? Uh, Ocean Spa. Nice. Yeah, right. no, nah, still in one day, eh? mind, body, and soul. Been nine days in a row. Wow. Wow. If you don't count the weekend that we've just been. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, how, um, when did you start touring and how did you get into that? Um, well, I had a flatmate prior to the ones I have now who were real into, uh, she was really into the sauna and I never considered it to be good for the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that it was a hot room that everybody went into and you know, just talk <laughs> shit for a couple of hours to get rid of, you know, get out of that reality, get, get away from the wife or whatever. But, um, yeah, then I did some research and realized how good it was for the soul yeah. and um, for the body as well. And, I mean, overall, I really just want to get into working up yeah. and, yeah, fixing, fixing a bit of the weight, you know, getting getting on the health buzz, bro. Yeah. <laughs> get my surfing up and all that. Mint. So, yeah. So, what have you found so far that's benefited you from sauna? Oh, man, heaps, eh? Just general, like, thinking in my day, you know, I'll... I'll get back into my car after a main sauna session and all the worries and all the all the fears and anxieties that I had prior, they would just kind of sweat away in the sauna and I'd get in my car and drive away and feel a thousand bucks. Yeah, man. You know, go buy some fucking veggies and cook <laughs> up a stir fry, you know? So, yeah, no, it's just done wonders, eh? Um, and overall for for um, working out and stuff, you know, I think it does something loosens the muscles or... or yeah. Um, helps sweat out toxins, which would help with hydration and replacing all the bad with the good. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's done, it's done really well for me so far. Nice. And so what were you training tonight? Um, so I started up uh, on the treadmill. I usually, I always do the treadmill, so I go, bear in mind, I'm, I'm just starting out, so I'm not really on the old squats or the old deadlifts or anything yet, but um, I'll definitely work up for that. But it's mainly just been treadmill work, uh, just light cardio, uh, lat, lat pull-downs, uh, leg press, just things focused around surfing mm-hmm. um, to get that up and paddle fitness and endurance and stuff. Um, yeah, so mainly mainly that sort of stuff every time I go, just training the same sort of machine. But yeah. How long have you been surfing for? Oh, about a year. Oh, nice. Yeah, a year, year and a bit now. How's that journey going, man? That's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking bloody awesome. 
I, every, everyone I meet, you know, I always ask them, do you surf? Like, what's, what, what, what are you doing? And if they say no, man, I always recommend it. It's the, it's the best feeling, you know, like, just getting out there into the water and, and surfing. It's unreal. Um, I went out to my barbecue the other day, and um, I don't know if you know, but there's been heaps of sharks started around there lately. <laughs> man like I was just I was alone by myself and, and there were like half foot waves like clear glass and I was just sitting out there and I was like fuck is this worth it you know is this, is this worth an amputee and trip to A&E or something so I was just chilling out there and like I was paddling back in because there were like pistol waves and um, I swear I saw this shadow move horizontally <laughs> board, I swear to god you know it might have been the paranoia but I was just fucking paddling I was like no fuck this so yeah. got back in you know just to be on fucking sphinx like plank on my board on the way back waiting in the water like fuck it let's get back to my car I'm gonna see another day <laughs> yeah bro I, we had old Bondi rescue on the other night and there's um, a father at Bondi now that just sends his drone up all the time and just yeah sees, she's sees sharks and they um, what are they I think they humpback whales that cruise on past Okay. Sydney up to where I used to live and in Ballina Northern Rivers and they'd like get riding close into Bondi and um yeah they, he had this picture of a dude on a surfboard and little uh tail whip, whipped his foot oh shit <laughs> which was exciting oh, e- everyone was out of the water but yeah I, I think I think if you've got the drone up above there you've soon realised that you're not alone <laughs> which, which I don't know if it's reassuring or, or yeah. threatening <laughs> yeah I don't know if I'd want to see the drone footage or not you know it's it's kind of a touch and go I definitely want to in Waipatiki because apparently there's just so many sharks swarming that I'd be like is there anything I need to worry about if so let me know yeah but um yeah I guess that's just one of the risks that you have to take as a surfer yeah you know like people get chomped sometimes but not as much as um people like to let off yeah. You know, it's actually pretty uncommon. Yeah, where I, where I was, um, Bellina, it's kind of near Byron. That had an unfortunate event, I think, three years earlier. Dude, mm. dude lost his legs. My, my mate, who was, who was a cop there, was one of the first on the scene. He said it wasn't, wasn't too great. But, yeah, they had a chopper that would go from, I think, north of Byron all the way down past us down to the next, next beach. And you'd be out on the beach and just watch this thing float on by, and you're like, "Are you gonna rig a siren at me, or is it yeah. is it good today?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's super scary. Eh? I mean, a lot of sharks apparently leave you alone because they smell the iron on your body. Yeah. And they go, oh, "I don't want to fuck with that," because you know they can't really take the iron. So if they chomp you off and they taste the blood, they go, "Oh no, none of that." They, you know, they're looking for fish and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <clears> but some some sharks are just straight dickheads, you know. <laughs> so, like bull sharks, man, they'll, they'll come after you, you know. They're, yeah. They're straight, yeah. And that was the other problem at Bellin, and there's a big river. Apparently, bull sharks used to go up go up the river a bit, so it was kind of like an uh, yeah, yeah. un- unrun thing, like going for an actual swim mm. in the river was a bit of a no-no, but yeah, mm. yeah dolphins are going there too. Yeah, so when cool. did you move over from Aussie? Um, so we had, I had a year there um, that was 2017 to 2018, and then, yeah, cool. came, came here in May 2018. Cool. And yeah, nice. Hung out in Hevelop for just under a year, and we st- we stunned out near Tikikino and then back here for um since since the end of August. So oh, what's, really? what's that? It's been six six or seven months. Yeah, mm. yeah. But nah. It'll be my fourth year this year. Yeah. In the bay. Where'd you come from? Wellies. Wellington. Yeah, man. Um, grew up there pretty much. Was born in Nelson, and then we moved up to Wellington when I was five. Moved up to Glasgow for the first four years of my life, <laughs> and then moved back. 
and then yeah, grew up in Wellington, went to school there, met a girl, came up here, yeah. fell in love with the place, and uh, then broke up with the girl, and, and still here. Is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I couldn't be more stoked to um, to be meeting the people that I've been meeting. Yeah. And the opportunities that have been given out is so with Plato Man. So yeah. It really proved to me, you know, as long as you're doing what you love, then opportunities will come and you've got to take them. So what were you doing in Wellington that you decided to up sticks? Oh, I just finished school. Yeah. Um, year 15, passed, got my NCA, uh, got my UE, and uh, yeah, I was about to head off to uni. I was going to go to Massey and do the music course there. But uh, yeah, then I met Paya. <laughs> and uh, she basically just told me, you know, uni's bullshit and all this stuff. And, you know, I was like, fuck yeah, no. I agree. <laughs> Just came to, to, you know, whatever pleases you. So moved up with her. I was, you know, I was young and 17. Just keen to see something new, I suppose. I wasn't really too keen to stick around the city. But it was, um, you know, after you stay in a place a little bit too long, it gets a little bit claustrophobic. Especially like a, a hug, you know, a hug that Wellington is. You know, yeah. It's not really where you can branch out to in Wellington. It's just the, the city. So... Yeah, that's pretty much why. And so, what, what what was your sort of like friend group like leaving the year? Like, were they going their separate ways, and had mm. it, had that sort of collapsed or? Mm, not really. I mean, my mates and Wally's, I don't keep in touch with a lot of them anymore. I keep in touch with a few of them, but um, those are the few that have kind of branched out and and started working full time or gone travelling mm-hmm. up and down the country. Um, kind of the ones that are on the same page as me when, when I left school. Mm. Um, but the others I haven't really seen much of, but they're doing their own thing, you know? Yeah. It is, it just is what it is, you know, the more you grow, the more people come in and out of your life. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. They're not the reason I left though. <laughs> no, music, music was like a back burner thing for me and I just kind of wanted to go and explore the world. Yeah. I had no idea that music was going to be the thing that I'd find and make here yeah. and carry on doing. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I sort of messaged you the other week, being like, "Have you got a Spotify?" And then fucking just look in the bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there it goes, mate. <laughs> when did you find your voice, bro? It's fucking cool. Oh man, <coughs> thank you. Oh man, I don't know. I um, I think it must have been around eleven. Right. Nice. Yeah, because I, I, I learned Stewart of Heaven on guitar. Yeah. Um, my mum gave me a, gave me this guitar book for Christmas and let me use her guitar when I was about eight. And for three years, I would just learn songs and learn how to strum. My sister taught me Three Little Birds on guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother taught me a little bit of stuff too. And then it came to the point where I wanted to perform and I wanted to show people that weren't just my family. So I went out to the Wellington Streets on Cuba Street and started busking and learned to stare at heaven. And I re- remember just playing that over and over and over again. <laughs> but I wasn't singing. So it got to the point where I thought, fuck it, you know, like I might as well just try singing. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I haven't stopped. Nice. Yeah. People so, started giving me more money, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, you know, well, this can't be too bad." <laughs> yeah, sing, singing has its merits. Um, so was your household quite musical then? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, dad's a dad's a deadhead drummer. Yeah, drumming for fifty years, and mum used to sing in a choir and play the guitar. Um, also a music kid, and my brother's a producer. Mm-hmm. Slash rapper, um, I don't know this. Yes, there we go. Um, 
Like he drummed as well. Dad, Dad gave him a drum kit when he was a kid, and my sister's just super into music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was definitely the singer songwriter of the family. Cool. I was the one who stuck there, and um, enjoyed writing folky lyrics and poets and poems and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, definitely a musical family. Nice. And so, what were you up to when you were eleven? Do you remember much prior to finding a guitar? Oh well, I learned the piano when I was five. Yeah, that was actually my first instrument. Yeah, my first instrument was piano, and I remember hiding from my piano tutor, not wanting <laughs> to go to the lessons. I just remember crying. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. My dad's like, look, you'll thank yourself when you're older. And um, yeah, I stopped with the lessons once I left primary, and um, got onto like a little bit of harmonica. Mm-hmm. Learned a bit of harmonica when I was younger. Didn't really know how to play that until later in life. And um, actually, I remember distinctly when I was five, hitting a snare in music class, and it was like my first, you know, it was electives, and, and I must have been five, six, and it was. I remember hitting a snare and just going, "What the fuck is that? That's a sick sound. What is that?" So I was hitting it over and over again, and my dad was like stoked as you know, yes, I'm getting another drummer in the family, but um, I just couldn't keep couldn't keep the rhythm I couldn't um couldn't keep a beat on the drum kit and I, ne- I still can't to this day yeah so um yeah I found piano naturally and went on to guitar after that and then started writing my own songs nice so it's been a fucking journey man <laughs> hell of a journey um yeah so you, you said you were gonna go to university and do music what was your sort of musical theory musical history sort of knowledge prior to did you do it at school yeah i was terrible though i was (laughs) and thank god i had an awesome music teacher eh? because he just let us off the hook he was like look i know that you guys aren't classical musicians i know you guys aren't jazz musicians so just fucking thrash your drum kit play the bass strum the fuck out the guitar and i'll give you excellence so i passed with excellence in music um, which I totally fucking condemn that. I think, <laughs> I think, man, I think if you know how to read music, then dog, that's sick as. But it's all about the soul, man. It's all about the soul, brother. Yeah. It's all about the feel. So, yeah. yeah. So how does, how does that contrast to like being singer-songwriter, writing your own stuff, getting lyrics down, you know, getting that sound, getting the chords up, and then dealing with your brother in terms of production? Mm. <laughs> Wow, I mean, it's a whole process, you know. Yeah. It all starts with, um, well, it starts with a strum of a chord that you really like, and then a melody that you also really like, mm. um, and then the whole writing process is fucking up. Wait, did you say the difference between my brother and I, or? Well, yeah, a little bit. Like mm. you, you were sort of going for basically that feel, that that sound, that mm. those things you like. To then, you know, let's lay this out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it all kind of starts with a bit of a. Um, I guess sitting with yourself, mm-hmm. I've tried to write songs with people in the room and it just doesn't work, you know. It only works if I'm really close to the person or um, or their songwriters too. Like mm-hmm. For instance, the son's voice, like I can write a song with those boys in the room. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a whole process of sitting with yourself, thinking what type of song do you want to write, what message do you want to get across. Um, and this is totally in my own opinion, you know, my own journey with songwriting. But um, yeah, I've definitely found that there's a lot of hurdles you have to go over within yourself to write something that you're happy with. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time you can go, you know, write a dope verse and a sick chorus and then go, fuck yeah, now what next? 
and then you're just writing words that rhyme and you're just trying to match that first verse but it's not really working so that's when I get to the point where I'm like am I happy with the song so far yes okay so I'll try I'll go away for a bit you know just let it be and then I'll let it come to me naturally and that's definitely my process with that um, but oh pardon me if I'm not happy with it then um, yeah I'll just I'll just punt it yeah but the production as well, it's a whole other process too. That's when you get to use your nervous system. <laughs> All the trial and error with that one. Yeah. <laughs> and so you said when it came to doing the drums, your timing was was no good. Well, that's the best thing about production, mate. You can enter Yeah, so I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, many, yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm just not very good at um. I can do like hand percussion and whatnot, but um, the old sticks, man. And the feet, the foot pedals as well. Like I just... I reckon if I gave it a crack, I could probably crack it, but I just don't have the patience, I suppose. Yeah. And I like I like instruments that make noise mm-hmm. and make um like a, a nicer noise than just boom crash. Yeah. Sorry to all the drummers out there. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you had a go at looping things around? Oh yeah, yeah. I used to have a loop pedal. Um, I actually got well into that, but I found it to be quite repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, if you play a whole set in front of an audience with a loop pedal, mm. then yeah, that's cool. But um, by the time you play it for your you know, 15th time, you, you're kind of just like, fuck, man, why did I put that into the piano in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> it's great for certain things like freestyling or busking. Busking's a big mm. one that people love to watch loop pedals because um, it's real entertaining. You watch the whole beat build from one little guitar line or a slap on the, on the body of the guitar to a whole song mm. actually sounds if you if you practice it enough can sound really mega mm. like it's built some careers you know it's like old w fix yeah yeah like tassel time all that shit you know like like um, ed sharon you know yeah. they've all been built like their careers have been built purely off this beautiful pedal no i'm not knocking the, the pedal but it, um i did find it to get quite repetitive after a while yeah um yeah it takes a little a little bit of a different patience uh-huh opposed to songwriting yeah so yeah you kind of write there at the moment and so you writing notes or you're writing on a keyboard you're designating time what are you what are you doing um yeah yeah fuck yeah i'm writing all the time um notes on my phone mm-hmm. notes on my on my computer i mean there's just hundreds of them um i'm writing down ideas for songs i'm writing down lyrics um but mainly it comes from <coughs> guitar mm. just the guitar man like sitting down and i mean i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a oh you know, a bit of a softy when it comes to this sort of thing but sitting in the forest man you know just looking at trees yeah feeling feeling folky and strumming away at the guitar that always gets the gets the ball rolling for sure songwriting man. yeah and meeting all these boys now it's really cool that we can bounce off each other with different methods and different processes of songwriting and we come up with this whole different fucking baby you know like this whole fucking different song that we could have never written by ourselves uh, it's, it's been really cool to see yeah so how did you sort of mesh and meet with sons boys and obviously oh, obviously obviously the lyric and check charging things ahead <laughs> it's like all folded together like a shotgun you know when you meet somebody in your life and you you don't realize how important that person's going to be 
Yeah. Until you're like a year down the track and you're like, damn, like, shit, I was not ready for that. I thought you were just like, you were just some, some other dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pretty much all of them, pretty much all of them when I met them, I just thought, you know what, I've, I've got my life to live, you know, like, it's, mm. it's nice to meet you guys, but you know, I'm, I'm doing my busking thing, doing my gigs. But now, man, I, I, I vividly remember meeting Cam. Well, I met Zomi first, when no one's known me since I was 18. But I met Cam when I was busking um, at the Napier Markets. Mm. <clears throat> and he gave me some money um, <laughs> and then came back round to this table where people have their coffees and you can sit down with lots of musicians and do anyway. But he s- stood there for roughly four songs. And I was like, man, this guy's cool, you know, he's got a nice smile on his face, he's a cool dude, you know, and, and I was playing away, and um, apparently he was talking to his girlfriend at the time, he said that my voice sounded like Eddie Vedder. Nice. And, and as soon as he said that, I started playing a song about Eddie Vedder. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fuck, true, that's bloody, bloody coincidence. Um, and yeah, he came up to me and said, hey man, really like your shit, um, like your style, I'm a rapper, I'd love to do some stuff with you. And I was like, fuck yeah, man, let's get to it. And at that time in my life, I was actually going through quite an anxious period. Yeah. Um, I didn't like to really socialize and I really like to talk to new people and everything. Um, but Cam, if you meet him, I'm sure you'll have him on here at some yeah. point. He's a real... Got to be done. <laughs> oh, yeah, he'd love it, man. He's a real convincing dude and, um, you know, he's real He's real persuasive. Or not persuasive, sorry, what's the word? Persistent. Mm-hmm. He's persuasive too. Well, so as I notice, you guys in the bowl on the weekend, he's just charging, charging through it like. You gotta see it in person. Like, <laughs> this dude's like fearless, man. That's why I stopped the skating. I was like, I don't want a broken bone, but this guy's just like fucking show me the money, like fucking going, going hard at it. He like there's one shot when he went around the lip and then lost the ball. He just like slides back down. I was like, man, he landed that perfectly. <laughs> like for starters, getting in there, you know, he's got got the speed up, but then fuck it out. Then when he balls it up, he still landed fine, slid down the bowl. I was like, yeah, yeah, I think that was on my story, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got to the top of the lip and then fucking fell on his ass and then rolled back down the bowl, but like real smoothly, like <laughs> he bailed well. Yeah, <laughs> which is really fucking hard to do, to be honest. But um, yeah, so I met Cam first, and at the time I was quite anxious and all that, so I didn't really like to talk to people, but he was really keen to get to know me. So I saw him at a gig once, uh, one night, and came around and, and came and watched me, or, or we went to watch a gig together. And we got into the discussion about living situations, and mm-hmm. I told him that I was moving out of my flat soon, and I had nowhere to go. Mm. Um, actually, I think at the time I was living with my mum, <laughs> and when you're 21 and living with your mum, your mum's actually not too keen on you living there anymore. Well, my mum is. And um, <laughs> she was pretty keen for me to move out again. And I was like, you know what, me too. Like, I'm, I'm keen to get back on my own buzz, but I couldn't find anywhere to live. So I was telling that to Cam. And with no hesitation, he's just like, oh, fuck, come move in with me and you can live there for a month, free, like rent-free. Nice. Make some tunes with me and let's get to know each other. And straight away, I was like, fucking, yo, like, that's insane. Like, what an insane opportunity to, to be presented. So I moved in with him. <coughs> and, yeah, so we became mates from there on. But while I was there, he brought around his buddy Seamus. Mm. And 
you know, I'd, I'd seen Seamus on SoundCloud and, um, yeah, yeah, purely SoundCloud and, and listened to some of his stuff and I was like, man, this guy's really good. I'd, um, I'd love to produce his stuff, like try and produce some of his stuff someday or like get a producer in from, because, you know, like that's a whole other ball game of music. You can have the lyrics and the soul and everything, but the production value is what a lot of people are looking for in the industry mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, um, hats off to Seamus, he's been going at it, you know, um, trying to learn logic and whatnot. But he came around one night and um, Cam was out and he sat down with me and it was the first time meeting him and we just got into this real cool like cool conversation about how we wanted to chase our dreams as musicians and rappers and whatnot. And man, like he was real in awe of my stuff, mm-hmm. which I had never really came across before. Um, you know, someone telling me that they, that they really liked my stuff and, and saying that like, I'm a proper musician and oh, fuck. oh cheers, like, I'm just doing what I love, you know, like, mm. just reciprocate. So he, um, him and I sat down for a couple of hours and we, he was freestyling and writing lyrics and I was making a beat and that was the first night I met Seamus. And then Cam, Cam, Cam came back home and sat down with us, listened to the beat, and we started freestyling over this beat and just got into a really cool flow state of um, bouncing off each other's ideas. Um, and Seamus went home and I was, and I didn't really think of it at the time, but I was like, yeah, no, he's a cool dude and these guys are cool guys. These guys are my new buddies. Mm. We were talking about real deep shit in life, you know, about like stuff that gets you down and stuff that gets you motivated and all this sort of stuff, you know, like thinking that you've learned something and then it all gets kind of ripped out of your hands like one step forward two steps back sort of thing and mm-hmm. like getting into mm-hmm. this discussion about life and I was like man these guys are like minded people and I really like keep seeing them so um, I brought Zonny around because he was totally around that sort of vibe as well he was really keen on those conversations and um, we started freestyling after that and yeah one thing led to another and now we're fucking playing long line this year <laughs> 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 it's fucking unreal man no, it's good. And so, like, for you, you you know, your two EPs are sort of that folky sound. Um, <clears throat> well, I try to keep it in in that sort of field, but I also span out to a bit of electronic and... Yeah. Yeah. So where, where does the sort of production for rap and that crossover with, you know, dropping a chorus and then dropping some bars yourself? Right. So, like, uh, vocal production? Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. No, see, that's the, that's the thing about production, man, is... It's a lot of, it's a lot of Albuquerque's. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of Albuquerque's of just trying and trying, a lot of trial and error, um, and a lot of clicking and looking yeah. at where the EQ is because EQ, you know EQ, you know what EQ is like oh like so basically EQ for you for you lovely listeners is is a chart. It's it's like a like a rectangular thing on your computer, mm. and it goes from low to high, um, and you've got about five dots in between the low to high which you can drag up and down mm. and low is the low frequency so it's like the low sort of frequency and then the high is the sort of sort yeah. of stuff so everything in between you're trying to balance out and level to mix in with the song mm-hmm. so you're EQing everything to kind of come together and sound like um, like an easy listen pretty much mm. um, so 
bring it back to rappers and singers' voices, uh, everybody's different mm-hmm. in that respect. Everybody is different. So you've got to spend hours. If you're mixing four guys, if you're mixing, you know, KMZ, Seamus, Joe, and Zonny, then, I mean, I'm just going off the top here. I know that I need a lot of the high mid frequency down on my voice and a little bit of the low end up and the high end up as well. I'd say KMZ would be more on the high end raised and the low end uh, low end lowered and the high end raised. So it's like all a different sort of uh, testing the waters of, of how to get a different rapper's sound. Mm. But um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of fucking clicking involved. <laughs> so much. And I've been trying again and going back and heaps of disappointment as well I've found with, with, with with producing you get to an end of a song you bounce it down you listen to it but it just doesn't sound good you know it doesn't sound right I spent maybe two weeks of lockdown on this one song and I was so stoked with it um, I thought it was like a massive sound I thought I was going to take it with me everywhere I was going to send it to radios and, and try it out but by the time I bounced it down it just didn't sound up to scratch to how I need it to sound. Mm-hmm. So the production is, um, yeah, it's definitely a journey, man. It's definitely a lot of learning. You definitely have to humble yourself in order to get a good production going. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, is there anyone out there that's sort of tapping shoulders amongst New Zealand? Jeez. Where's I mean, that Josh dude did pretty well on TikTok. Right, yeah. <laughs> He's got fucking signed to Universal. Who's that? I haven't come across him. Uh, he's that guy on TikTok. He, he produced a beat in his high school. He's like 18. Right. And it was that... Da, 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 absolutely awful to listen to. <laughs> but hey, look, it did well for him, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, tapping shoulders, you mean like cunning? Like um, bringing artists into a produ- full production oh, okay. lab- label type setup. Okay. Well, that dude brought in Jason Derulo and that was really successful. So. <laughs> But um, yeah, actually, dude, um, Thomas Oliver, yeah, right here in the Bay, he's he's bringing artists in. Um, I was supposed to open for this fella Dan Sharp next week, or this week actually, sorry, this Thursday at Common Room, but um, unfortunately the the show fell through. So, but um, he um has all of his stuff produced by Thomas Oliver, mm-hmm. and man, if you listen to Tommy's stuff, it's unreal. Fucking man. that, um, it's crazy. London Electricity track that he redid. Fuck it out. What's that one? That, uh, that new album? No, it's uh, so I think Hospital was doing an fiftieth anniversary or something. Might, oh, okay. might, might not be fifty. Don't know how old. Hey, don't know how old Hospital is, but um, yeah, and it was a London Electricity. He's one of the main DJs from Hospital. He might even be the guy behind Hospital Records. Oh sure. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <clears throat> of course. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy signed to Hospital Records. Yeah, and so he remastered and redid this track for him and. I can't remember the name of it. I have to find it out. Uh, yeah, it's not. Well, yeah, Tommy's making moves, man. If, like, if, I think he's probably the most prolific artist I know of, mm-hmm. personally. Um, and it's really cool to sit down and have a talk with him. He actually explained production really well, um, or the journey of production, actually. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, like, heaps of times um, I'll be using a compressor at my at my age and he'd be like fucking what am I doing here you know like mm. compressor is just again so lost with that and then you know you go through so many albums and so many songs trying to get this compressor sussed out 
But then one day it just all clicked. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I know why I'm using this. It's like you do it enough times, you kind of, the brain naturally molds to the swing of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that was just a really good thing to take away. You know, I was like, fuck, yeah, he's right. You know, elbow crease. The more mm-hmm. you do it, the more accustomed you get to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like that, that, he passes on not only his own production to artists, but wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. So big ups to you, Tommy, if you're listening. Yeah, nice. And so what's it, what's it like having a dude like that around the bay and now again, mm-hmm. like you say, just meeting a bunch of guys and you guys have now met mm-hmm. Thomas Oliver. Yeah. What, what's that doing for the like the future of of Joey? <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, well, because I was a big fan of Tommy um, before I met him. And still am, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Neither than he's a dickhead so yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was seeing this girl a couple of years back, and she gifted me a CD of his, mm-hmm. Tom Solo band, and um, put it on one day when I was cleaning the house, and then couldn't stop listening to it. Fucking lost it now. Can't yeah. find it, which is pissing me off because he doesn't have it on any other platform. But um, it definitely got me um, keen on this music. And I met his girlfriend at that weekend festival, and she said, "Oh yeah, I'm just I'm here by myself. Um, my boyfriend's back home or whatever." I was like, oh, "True, who's your boyfriend?" Blah blah blah. She said, "Oh, Thomas Oliver." I was like, "Oh, oh shit, really? <laughs> Fuck, true. <laughs> oh yo." And um, yeah, no, Maddie already knew that back and all that. So she um, kind of brought Tommy along one day to one of my gigs at Three Rice Birds and kicked it off with him and started having a main combo and I was just like what the fuck is going on I love this guy I love this music this is, this is crazy and to have him like pass off knowledge and you know things that he's done that he's both stoked with and not so happy with in his career it's just amazing to me you know to, to, to have that opportunity to talk to an artist that's doing exactly what I want to be doing is mm-hmm. unreal um so it's definitely opened my eyes up to possibility and how important it is to never let yourself believe that all you've been doing is for nothing. Mm. It's really made me realize that I, that I should definitely keep going. You know, mm-hmm. your, your best days are your stress days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you said like Seamus came to you saying like, hey bro, you're a real artist. You know, you've, yeah. you've got these two EPs out there. Um, what was What was sort of the place where you created those? Um, oh, you know, collection of songs. Um, yeah, so I think the first song I wrote that was on the first album, The Evolution Tape, must have been 17. <laughs> yeah, how years ago is that now? Well, not really. Well, Four years. After ago. last year, everything seems ages ago. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Yeah. How was that for you? Uh, it was weird. Yeah, I, um, so I just separated from from my partner and my, so um it's no longer hanging out with my daughter no longer putting her to bed every night and you know coming yeah yeah so i was um i was out on my mate's farm and then yeah old cindy gets on the tv and says shutting it down and so um that sort of gave me what was that six weeks of level four eh? yeah yeah, yeah. to sort of think well pulling that 
pulling out um, fence posts and um, yeah, re- re- refencing and because he can stay on my farm for lockdown put, put, <laughs> putting out salt blocks and I was I was I had, had my bow there so I was doing a little bit of rabbit shooting oh, and, yeah yeah yeah. Sure yeah. Your hunting, yeah yeah so sure. I sort of had that but yeah there was like especially Easter where I had you know big plans to go see my daughter and all mm. that sort of stuff that was pretty crushing and then mm. it was kind of like um, Anzac Day hit the, you know shot the gap up up there and had some time with her for level three and then it was back back to work and back to reality and it's like fuck I was like Anzac Day has just been a fucking year ago yeah yeah ages, eh? and so yeah then, then it was like you know trying to figure out you know what's a what's a time period for going up there what's feasible what's viable mm. um I got sort of lost a little bit in, in training for an ultra marathon and yeah then all of a sudden it was January and it's like whoa the, Jeez, yeah. <laughs> it, it was eh? it was just and yeah January it was like festivals you know when saw a sub focus and that, mm. that dimension and friction in the mount and then mm. went on down to Wanaka and Invercargill Dunedin Christchurch saw the family yeah saw the families and stuff like that and did, did my run and then came back and I was like, right, 2021, what the fuck do we do now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're all going into it like, fuck, it's just going to be a worse 2020. <laughs> and now, you know, the vaccine's out and, man, if you actually, oh, it's so buzzy, I was listening to this podcast, I think it must have been Joe Rogan because I only listen to <laughs> such a, I'm such a fool. You know, <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I was listening to a podcast of him and somebody else and before, before the lockdown, and uh, they were talking about. So think about. Oh, was that Hotez? Fuck, that one was scary. Nah, no, nah, the scientist. Yeah. And he was just basically like matter of factly saying how fucked we were. Yeah. yeah. I was I was going down to my mate's wedding in Munra and had that on, and that was kind of like iffy at that point in time. And then I listened to this thing, I was like, oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> this yeah. ain't gonna go well. And yeah, at the wedding there was a couple that were from the UK, and I was just kind of like. Uh, should you be here? And then, like, and then, like the next week, it's like that bluff wedding that like, blows up with people. I was just like, fuck it. Including Maynard. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. So, yeah, no, I just remember um, listening to it the other day and how different mm. humanity sounded before and now, like how people have changed over lockdown what lockdown's done to people you know because we had it good we had it six weeks and people around the world had it for fucking years still going still going <laughs> it's still fucking going like what's it how's America looking like America's weird you know they're, they're like yeah you can go to a bar and order a drink but you can't like drink outside you oh, you can't oh fuck I don't even know what it was it's like you can't dance but you can go outside and smoke <laughs> you, know, you can go inside and sit down but you have to have your mask on and you don't have to have your mask on outside or when you eat it or when you're eating but if you go to the toilet you got to put it back on yeah you know like, yeah, when you're eating it just goes away it's all good have you been on an airplane? I have four yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that what you mean? no no since oh no 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 it's weird, eh? Cause, especially because I had like my daughter, and it's kind of like so she doesn't have to wear a mask, but I do. What? Where is the logic in that? <laughs> it was strange, and like it was quite confronting as well. Because we sort of like I've been at the concert mm. in the mount with people, like you know, slamming you against the barrier, 
and just screaming and yep. you know the UK guys being like this is fucking amazing can't believe this um, I think it was their second gig that they had done so they were starting to get into their work right. and then yeah picked her up and Bookie we drove up to the airport parked the car and he got to the, the van to take us to the airport and it's like wear a mask I'm like oh shit don't have a mask yeah. <laughs> it's pretty pathetic to be honest I mean it's really the best shot that we can do to get everybody to oblige you know yeah it's like the easiest thing to put a mask on you know that's the best you can do um you can't get everybody to wash your hands yeah you can't everybody you can't get everybody to, to scan their phones when they go in there i'm guilty of that to be honest yeah <laughs> pardon me um yeah putting on a mask is like the easiest way you know public transport you want to ride the bus you got to put on a mask now yeah um are they still doing that down here do you know i think they do it in, in wellington yeah yeah i see the buses go past work and there's not usually anyone on them so it's hard because i've usually done the drop off and so there's no one left i don't know if they do it in napier um i saw a school bus go by today and no one was wearing masks but um yeah yes it's it's probably school is another thing you know get your job at the school and they're just doing all that i think are they they going back to school uh level two yeah it was weird at work like um we had this massive um, uptick in kids that their reading had just fallen off like they were, so, oh, they're, they're man, just so st- that would be the worst for the parents of like you know like seven year old kids yeah you know they're just getting momentum and they're learning and then they go down yeah <laughs> well it was also like um lots of teenage girls there mm-hmm. you're speaking about anxiousness that had just got ramped up to a level where they just couldn't engage in their work anymore mm, yeah. and you know while they're on lockdown they're forced to work on a screen which was yeah. give, giving people shit load of headaches and then they got back to school and they sort of relaxed out but they were just you know it just wired everyone up so much that it was, lots of people were having difficulty no the way humanity's going <laughs> and that we got we got so pushed out to to our progression in such an ugly way, I feel, you know, with COVID, <laughs> you know, everybody became, you know, at first in, in lockdown, everyone's like, you know what, we're all in this together, we can all get through this, but then it kind of turned sour, you know, the whole, like, George Floyd died, mm. um, the Black Rights Movement started, you know, more than it has been in the past, or in the recent past, and people just started to get, you know, ugly online, you know, TikTok boosted up. Um, video games and, and all of that like it was it was just screens you know people were living inside in their screens living in their little in their little safe place with mm-hmm. their dopamine machine it's just absolutely I think that's actually another reason why I started working out it's because I've always been one to look around and go what the fuck is going on like, <laughs> holy shit like everyone's on their phones you know even my parents are addicted you know my mates are addicted i'm addicted everybody's addicted to their screens yeah and you know you can't stop it it's the way that humanity's going but god damn i want to fucking experience life like how my parents did before, mm, mm. You know, before i get before it's too late and and we've got fucking screens attached to our fucking skin you know <laughs> which is probably going to happen sooner or later but yeah covid definitely definitely pushed us out into that sort of ether do you, do you check in on your Facebook much? Oh, all the time, man. Yeah. All the fucking time. So you get, are you getting COVID memories at the moment? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I am, yeah, heaps. Just me making stew. And, oh, I was by myself with COVID. Oh, for, fuck. For the lockdown. So I was going meditating. I was 
playing Red Dead Redemption 2 great game if you haven't played it um, making beef stew all the time yeah heaps of beef stew I don't know why I just was making this <laughs> fucking beef stew all the time it was weird um, how were you doing your shopping like yeah just going back and forth yeah yeah barefoot no mask <laughs> standing <laughs> out man <laughs> oh, I was so funny with him one time and and I was just going around my day. Normally I had my headphones in, but I couldn't find them that one time. So I was going through the supermarket, and fucking Sarah the Freak was playing. You know, they like, oh, freak out. Dun, yeah, dun, yeah, dun, yeah, dun, yeah, dun. yeah. And everyone's like freaking out. Like, <laughs> they're toilet paper and their fucking masks and shit. And I was like, fuck. How about yourself? Did you do any shopping? Uh, no, so we were on the farm, and so my mate's girlfriend, she'd go to Waipukuro oh, weekly at the most mm. <laughs> and then see then it came to Anzac Day which wasn't quite um, level 3 yet and I went to the pick and save in Tamatea and it was just like I was buzzed out eh? mm. like just to be in a car park for a start I was like holy shit I'm parked right beside someone mm. and then you walk well you had to queue up to get your trolley that's right and then and it was like walk, walking in you know the trolley soaked with all this yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's been like what the hell they give you what they give you they give you a thing to wipe your trolley with and then you'd have to go use the hands in the face yeah 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 and so then that was that and then i drove to pukekoe and yeah past like four or five cop cars at Topo mm. there was um at that main roundabout north of Topo there was about three cops um rigged up but they didn't really care about the traffic I think they were going to do, go do something <laughs> yeah or something like that you know or, or, or you know drugs or gangs or mm. I, don't, I don't know don't know what the uh, current conditions are like in Topo but mm. yeah they they weren't caring about traffic that was for sure and yeah then got to Pukekohe and yeah, that was that, and it was just kind of yeah. like, well, that was strange, you know. Mm. Not- yeah, I remember my mate telling me that he got stopped on the way up the Bayview because he was going to see his mate, and they made him turn back. Yeah. And he couldn't even see anybody. I remember my favourite time of the day was when I was skating. You know, I'd smoke a bit of joint. Go <laughs> <laughs> skate down the Marine Parade in, in Napier at about 8 o'clock in, at night. Yeah. And since, you know, no one was out, there were no cars on the road, so I could use the beautiful, smooth tarmac that had just been put in. No ways. Yeah, and just fucking surf the road, you know, go around, do this loop around Napier, end up at Zonny's house, and um, go talk to him, or if he wasn't around, then I probably was, probably enough, I didn't want to bother them. Yeah. Go back to mine and Skype my mates. Found that was the coolest part about COVID, was that you actually together with the mates again and, and yeah. actually be like oh how's it going let's have a chat this is pretty crazy as well what a, what a strange time we're living in mm-hmm. um, for a bit and then yeah I guess everybody got a bit antisocial again TikTok grew and you know, Instagram reels everybody got this bloody endless scroll of algorithm that, that makes makes it glue to your screen uh, it's just changed eh? it's, everything's just changed it's strange yeah it's um you don't look at your screen time. I did today and I was like, oh, that's bad. Oh, fuck, dude. I just did so good. It's so today. Sorry, I shouldn't be checking my phone in the podcast feed. What have you got? There you go, settings, eh? Yeah. Yeah, screen time. Yeah, mine showed up. Like, it gave me a notification. I was like, Jesus, four hours? That's, that's not good. <laughs> four hours? Yeah. Daily average is 
two hours and 40 minutes. Shit, you're doing real good. That's pretty good. Yeah, man. I was expecting way more. Yeah, and this was this was the daily average after I like plummeted my daily average over the weekend. Mm. Yeah, so like, it freaks me out, man. Like I'll be scrolling <coughs> reels, I'll be like, ugh, and I'll be like, catch myself, and then I'll be like, fuck that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go make some make some nice dinner for tonight, meal prep, or I'm gonna go to the gym. Or yeah. Something. So Re- reels is getting you on Instagram. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Is do it you, you? Do you have TikTok? Nah, I had to delete it. Yeah. So basically, it's, yeah. Well, yeah, I've still got it though because yeah. I'm on fucking reels and they just take their TikTok video off and put it on Instagram. So it's like, man, fuck. And Instagram is worse, I reckon, than TikTok because you know what you're getting into when you go on TikTok. <laughs> you, know, you, you know it all too well. But Instagram, they they plant it like like seeds, like bombs. You know, they they, they put a really enticing video as a reel yeah. on your feed. And you go, oh, oh, that's cool. So you watch it again. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's cool. And then it stops and it doesn't play it again. It goes, show more reels. So you go, oh, okay, here, fucking go. Boom. Start scrolling. And then you're hooked. And that's how they get you. You know, like, oh, I'll send a funny reel to my mate. Here you go, bro. So it takes them two reels and they watch it. Oh, oh that's funny. What's the next one? Mm. And it's just hooking people. Contagion. It's <laughs> fucked, man. It's, it's <laughs> freaking me out. Do you think um, do you think um, Instagram has their logarithm better on Reels than TikTok does? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, TikTok, you know, it's just you know, it's shit. Mm. Like, there's a lot of people whoring out TikTok. Heaps, heaps of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Instagram actually really searches um, your interests and mm. your posts and what you talk about in your captions or something. Because I have several... in your in your messages, hey, like oh, you reckon. I'm giving ads for my messages of late. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done the old test um, saying something out loud yeah. and then it pops up? Yeah. Man, I bought this bag of lollies from Countdown that was interna- international. It's called Squashies, right? I've never heard of them in my life. And I was like, oh, fuck you, I'll buy a bag of Squashies. And I bring them to the Pacers stage last Thursday. Yeah. And I was handing them out. Like, oh, hey, Jack's girlfriend's British. So I was like, hey, you know Squashies, right? And she's like, yeah, I know Scottish. Uh, squashies. So I give her one, give her everybody one. And then, you know, don't think about it, finish the packet, go home, go on YouTube, and then boom, squashies for sale. Just like box of squashies, bad cola flavor, raspberry flavor. I'm like, what the fuck? This is fucked, man. Yeah. Like these things, these little alien things that are just taking over, you know, and, and they're manipulating us in all the most beautifully seductive ways. You know, they, they answer to all the receptors that the human being has. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's almost like I want to see what happens next. You know? Yeah. So how, how much of Neuralink have you listened to? Neuralink, what's that? So that's what Elon Musk kind of thinks. That he's going to drill a chip into your head mm. and you're going to be able to basically download but in your head. So like have Wikipedia and Google in your head. Fuck that guy, man. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like I, I know it's the way to go, but I guess I'm just super keen to get back to the old... Woodstock days, man, and I'll experience that. Yeah. Jeez, really, he's that dude's got a brain on him. Yeah. I love, I love watching this podcast with Joe Rogan, and <coughs> I love the way he thinks, and I love the things that he's doing. But jeez, it's it's gonna it's gonna really create a whole different humanity. Eh? Mm. He was on um, Saturday Night Live. I think it might have even been last well, Saturday night, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, but um, they were having. One of the skits was to do a Dogecoin, which is this. Crypto. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. What is it? So it's it's a crypto that's kind of got a meter to take the piss, 
And so the skit was kind of like a news article with Elon sitting there and I guess being some sort of financial expert or something. And they're kind of like, oh, Dogecoin's going really well. It's really fascinating. It's had all this growth. And then they're like, the other anchor would be like, so what is Dogecoin? What is it? And then Elon's just like, oh, it's a cryptocurrency. It's the future of money. And they're like, okay, so what is it? And he's like, <laughs> he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a, a way to um, decentralize money. And then they go over, off to this other guy. And he's like, yeah, now I've been looking at diversifying my portfolio, you know, looked into this thing. But uh, my question for you is, what is Dogecoin? And he's <laughs> just like, it's a yeah. It's a cryptocurrency. And he goes, yeah, but how is it valued? It's like, well, there's a bunch of people that own it and more people want to buy it. So the price just keeps going up and... And the other guy goes, so basically it's a hack. And he goes, yeah, yeah it's a hack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had, I had a dude, dude today that's actually developing um, an exchange for, for crypto. Mm. And he showed me a, a visa that's linked to crypto. I was like, holy cow, this is insane. So I have no fucking clue how any of that works. I don't really either. <laughs> I've like tried to, tried to listen to some some podcasts on it um there's some guys called the investors mm. um i think e- every wednesday they do a bitcoin one and like i've listened to this one about um decentralized finance so they're called DeFi, and they basically um you bank your crypto with them they pay you interest on your crypto as well as the value of your crypto so you're still getting like the fluctuations of the so value basically are they taking basically creating a cashless environment yeah but then they're lending out based on the crypto that they hold and so they're lending i think they've got to be um yeah they've got to front up they've got to have a lot of asset or something like mm-hmm. that yeah it was it was way over my head i never done, mm-hmm. never done economics i did like six form accounting oh yeah. man that's better than i ever did i was fucking smoking joints with the music room <laughs> i don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah no it's just like yeah, there, was, there was one thing that i did sort of start looking at with um with COVID. it was kind of um at the time i sort of signed up to this these um strength and conditioning coaches which is a weird place to find out about finance but at the same time, they had this sort of symposium over a whole weekend via, um, I think they used the thing called like workspace or, or workshop or something like that. And yeah, it was just video conferencing. Mm. It, was, it was pretty mean. Right. But some of those lectures were on sort of crypto and gold and silver. And I was just kind of like, what the fuck? This sounds, this sounds real like um, speculating and all that sort of stuff. Oh, um, it's all going to change, eh? Like it's all moving up in the same sort of formation, you know? Like these algorithms with TikTok and cryptocurrency, yeah. all this strange stuff that no one's really ready for, but we're going in balls deep anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, like it's crazy to me, man. It actually astounds me. Yeah, and it, it's it's fucked. Like be you know buying some and still feeling like you you know you bring it out with people and they're like, holy shit, what are you doing? And it's like you're an early adopter. And it's like no, no, no. So um, I'd one of my early podcasts about episode six or seven had had an accountant done mm. Tim, Tim and we were talking about that then and so that was 2017 Jeez. it was kind of like oh buy some crypto I was like fucking hell imagine if I would put some bitcoin there so you've had this podcast for a while then yeah August 2017 oh, really? just and like that was the month that we broke up oh really yeah <laughs> I realised I wanted to stay in Napier yeah mean mm, crazy oh yeah yeah it's like fucking there's 
so much shit like that out there that's just like synergistic eh? and do 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 you find um you sort of go down a rabbit hole of something and then all of a sudden it'll start showing up around around you oh oh the old fucking mandela effect what is it called the mandela effect like the like the mandala like the the pattern thing or mandela yeah mandala mandala i don't think it's nelson mandela effect (laughs) yeah yeah yep definitely yeah the law of attraction man yeah fuck yeah i think it's got something to do with your brain because you know we we think with 10 percent of our brains so we don't actually notice a lot that what's what's around us but we want to notice what we we see you know like we make our own reality so say for instance when i was 18 I was talking to Zoni. Zoni's like my best mate, you know. Yeah. We go way back. And we we went to all this buzzy stage of like being like fucking, you know, freaking out, being all trippy. And um, his mum was real into the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. And she used to be into, like, she used to tell us, you know, if, if you want something, then you say it to yourself and you'll get it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just set your mind to it, then you'll get it. And so i said okay i want a van mm-hmm. you know i still want a van you know four years later and i'm gonna get my van i'm getting my van and i said that to zoni and he said oh, okay what color and i said blue mm-hmm. sky blue van and zoni said you know what you don't really see sky blue vans anywhere do you i was like no you don't really do do now <laughs> and we were driving to the shop one day and we were like Woo! And then this blue van just fucking rears the corner, just wow, like this massive sky blue van, like high ass. And I was like, what the fuck? Talking to Zoni, just cracking up. I remember driving down Carlisle Street one day, and and um, I was with my friend Stevie. I was like, fuck, we're gonna see a blue van. Like I was, I was testing the love too. I was like, we're gonna see a blue van. And I was like, I just kept it. And Stevie's like, yeah. And I turned my head, and there was a blue van. And I was like fuck that's crazy like sky blue vans that's absolutely nuts it's, it's strange what do you reckon about that do you think it's a yeah well yeah. that that um that's sort of the for me it's red, red to outers is, is yeah. the sort of um concept of it like you never see a red to outer until you say a red to outers then you'll see a red to outers mm-hmm. so people probably driving along in their cars listening to this all of a sudden a whole bunch red to outers push up but, or, and blue vans they'll be like holy cow there's red to outers and blue vans everywhere but yeah like it is sort of that attention thing and I, that's what i also find um in the bush um so the place i was at at the weekend i've been there six times and just continually built and built and built and built and got sort of quite intimate now with the way that all the little um guts and things sort of work and interconnect and sure i can see the whole area now nearly complete and it, it's it's again like the when you go back to the same spot as well you stop noticing the way you start noticing the trees the tree species uh, what's been browsed where the tracks are um strange so you get in tune to the forest more in finding animals you yeah you just see what's been taken away yeah since your last visit man that's true and like um when was it two weeks ago uh i went down on tarotas because the weather was crap up here well i think Hawks Bay itself stayed fine, but the rangers were just getting hammered. Right. And so walking, even though I was walking in in the dark on Saturday night, I could just see like all this deadfall. I was like, oh yeah, that was that storm two weeks ago. And same um, 
one of the spots I go, I got to walk through some Kanuka, and that had all been flattened. It was carnage. I was just like, man, this, this is all different. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. So, like, I think that's where that skill comes from is mm. probably in tracking or um, looking for threats as well. So, say right. you're, you're living in the jungle, watch, yeah. watching out for something that's not the same. Mm. And when you're looking for animals, you sort of have a you to glass, so look through binoculars. And you'll look at the whole scene <clears throat> and you'll try and print everything that's normal in there and then you can sort of find yourself not even looking with your binoculars and then you'll see something that's different and you'll put them up and then there'll be an animal strange yeah oh, that's pretty cool so you even though you're not seeing it magnified mm. you've got this imprint of the picture and when it changes you see it like straight away and it's right. al- and almost and it's almost like animals just kind of like pop out of you right it's, yeah it's buzzy right right so i guess like it'd be more on the whole patient side of things waiting for it to come to you rather than going out to search for it yeah so that there are two different ways of, of hunting there's the um bush stalking way which is kind of walking along slowly and that's the classic movie way uh, yeah yeah calls to me son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when you're a pro unlike me yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. yeah but um yeah, I, th- I think that's probably where, where that comes from. Where, you said that you like to be in the bush to write. Where do you go? Well, I distinctly remember, distinctively, distinctively remember smoking a joint at my grand's house. Um, <laughs> uh, no, sorry, actually, my, my grand's, near my grand's house, uh, she lived in Tahunanui in Nelson, Nelson this yeah. beach. Yeah, yeah, and that little foresty bit. On the end of the peninsula towards the airport or up? Uh, up towards the hills so you know the cul-de-sac next to the um the camp campground right yeah she i lived have been there <laughs> yeah, she lives in that cul-de-sac nice so that beach right next to it i used to walk along that beach and into the forest mm-hmm. and i'd smoke a joint and write songs uh, every time i go and visit it uh, and that just started my profound love for going into the bush or going into nature to write it so over the past years i've been trying to find solace in, in certain places sometimes you just can't um, luckily right now I actually live within vegetation mm-hmm. I live in the middle of Brewster Street in Napier um, don't come and rob me please <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's this it's this beautiful like I'm surrounded by vegetation and, and all these plants and trees and I actually find solace in there Yeah, and I can just write songs there and there's a nice view in Napier and it's quite cool because it's like you guys can do your thing there and I'm going to be chilling up here and we'll, you know, make sure you don't do anything <laughs> um, so yeah I find I find that the bush is real calming or or just being around nature in general because um, it gives you quite a primitive sense of existence mm-hmm. you know you're looking around and you're like damn like this is what gives me oxygen to breathe this is what gives me time to think this is what gives me time to be aware of what mm-hmm. I'm doing and songwriting um, <clears throat> man songwriting has been through me through through with me through the worst of times, the best of times, the worst of times, the most challenging times and all that, like I'll be writing a song and absolutely be not stoked with myself, you know, I'll be like, fuck, man, like this is lame, like you're wasting your time and, and you know, I'll tell, I'll tell myself all this stuff, you know, silently, I won't actually say to myself anything, I'll just say silently, you know, man, like what are you doing wasting your time with this and you know, no one actually likes what you're doing and, and all this crazy crazy stuff that's you know not not true um and other times you know i'm writing songs bloody 
flushing red pill and fucking I'm so excited to show everybody this mm-hmm. you know, like freaking out almost you know um, I've been through it you know just calmly um, a bit reminiscent and a bit nostalgic it's actually my favourite mood to be in when I'm writing songs you know I'll, I'll put my phone in airplane mode and pour myself a glass of wine mm-hmm. and I'll just fucking write um, get some fucking crack up out loud that's what I do and um, yeah there's been heaps of times where I've given up halfway just because I'm frustrated that I'm getting right as fuck yeah <laughs> oh man that's got some sound right on old Zephyr it's a good bottle away <laughs> yeah nice that's funny you brought up wine I was going to ask you do you want to have some wine <laughs> is, this, is this wine nah nah there's water oh nice still on the waters should, should have got some wine yeah. Hey, um, man, this is unprofessional, but um, we chatted. Should yeah. We take the words. Yeah, we will. Sweet ass, awesome. Yeah. All right. Oof. Woo. It's crazy. It's hot in the air. Eh? Good shit, man. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Alrighty. That'll feel better. Yeah, drinking water in the sauna. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's yeah. Be- better than the alternative, you know, fa- fainting. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> My mate told me about this one time he was in the sauna and he was, um, told <laughs> Tim Walker in his crack up. Makes me laugh. He, um, finished up in the sauna and went into the cold pool yeah. at the Ocean Spa. He dove in and straight away he wanted to see how long he could hold his breath oh shit fucking almost fainted yeah his heartbeat was slowed down like real like do 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 he's just like whoa and has to like wake himself back up and get back to sleep thank god <laughs> yeah well you know even, even I've had guys say about being in the sauna and then going in the plunge and um you're just seizing up, basically, or, or mm. even just going into the cold blow, just mm. blacking out. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, good to good to sauna and cold plunge with a friend. It is. And it's also <laughs> good to not challenge yourself with stuff like that. I think, <laughs> I think sauna is something to be respected. Yeah, like you bloody you you're sweating. You know, you're sweating a lot, and to be like, yeah, I can do this for half an hour. It's like, well, you know, it's probably more healthy if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe try 12. I think it's something like you, you wait in there for 12 minutes, it starts to have its effect. Nice. So I try every time to have 12, 12 minute sessions and I'll go into the cold and then come back and do another 12 seconds, uh, 12, 12 minutes to go back into the cold. And I do that about three times. Mm-hmm. I find that gets me into a really good headspace and really clear minded. Mm. But it also makes me pretty fucking tired. Yeah. Like it tires you. It's definitely something to do in the evening rather than the morning. Yeah. Well, that was like, so when I was training um, for the run, I was going at, at lunchtime to a spy there on Hedatonga Street, which was just around the corner, which was yeah. which was handy. So I'd, I'd you know, um, bust out from lunch, get straight in the sauna and try to 20, 25 minutes. Some, True, just straight up. Yeah. Some some days, some days it's someone would have cranked a whole bunch of water on the, on the coal, so it'd be stonking in there. And then other days it'd be quite cool, like no one had been so there. So it was a, what was it, a steam sauna? 
Yeah, it's, it's one of it's like wooden wooden walls, yep. um, heated elements and coals, and then people would put water on the coals and say. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I don't know if you're supposed to do that in this one. I wouldn't do it, but um, yeah, a lot of the elements have been sort of blown out. So I don't think I don't think they were supposed to put water on the coals, but they did. Mm. So yeah, that happened. Yeah, we've had actually there's been a couple of times where my mates have been like, oh, check this out, steam rises, oh, whoa. and then it comes down from the roof and you're like, holy fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still under steam, yeah. Yeah, hard out. But yeah, then I then I jump out have a cold shower go back to work and it wasn't that wasn't too bad in terms of of tiredness so what did you do like a, a marathon or? Yeah, it was an ultra it was um i'd entered it in 101 but i quickly realized but well, not quickly um i battled through some tendonitis while my, i was training and then i was sort of a month out went on a good right, what's tendonitis? so it's just like because of the movement was so foreign to me um it just meant the attachment of the muscle to your bone as the tendons they just swollen and irritated and sore <laughs> yeah yeah overworking eh? yes overworking. So, so did 53 and yeah that hurt it was quite sore but it was, it was fun it was good glad, mm. glad i did it <clears throat> i'd like to sort of yeah. build actually build up to doing it again and yeah, ha- no. have it not hurt so much <laughs> good man yeah, yeah no I, i've um i've found with working out like i've just taken a real gentle approach to it yeah and i don't think that there's any way i could ever do it Otherwise, I was trying to work out um, prior, like maybe a couple of times, and I go to the gym and just go hard, you know, like yeah. my muscles would be so sore. I'm like, fuck, like, no, I have to do this every fucking day. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, and then I'd stop going. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't want to um, put myself through that. I didn't have a strong enough mind, and I've found now going back to the gym. And just, you know, going on the treadmill and then walking for a couple minutes mm-hmm. or, or four minutes, you know, just, you know, just replying to messages, mm. doing all the admin, listening to some and warming my legs up, stretching them out. And then, okay, now we can jog and then jog. Okay, sweet. You know, get a sweat on, get my heart rate up, which is what I hop on the treadmill to do. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't do it to, for any other real reason at the moment. Like I do like to beat my personal best and stuff at, at the moment it's at like 2.3 non-stop and that's just me just going see how long I can go and then be like, okay yeah sweet as we'll do that for now um, and then I go on to the weights now which is for me the biggest part of my journey with, with, with health mm-hmm. and fitness I really want to get stronger mm-hmm. and more more comfortable and no one in the gym mm. Um, or more familiar I should say actually mm-hmm. um, so yeah if, if anyone is listening and they want to find inspiration to work out then man like it's all within giving yourself the space to breathe and there's no rush you know it's just it's, it should really just be treated especially if you think of it the way I think of it as quite a challenge and quite a steep uphill climb you know if you want to Build, build yourself into the person you want to be and do it with grace and with patience and with love towards yourself because otherwise you'll just burn out and you won't you won't be happy with your results mate that's powerful yeah yeah, yeah. um so you said you like you started surfing last year we've been yeah. doing a year where did this sort of desire to add this part of the, the sort of picture you know sure yeah oh man i think 
really know. I think I just wanted to learn, eh? Mm-hmm. It got to a point where swimming in the water wasn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. And I had quite a spiritual connection to the water in the sense that me, me and Zonny used to go swimming every day at Marine Parade, mm-hmm. mostly every day. And I'd go into these massive waves and get tossed around and fucking love it. You know, I'd go underwater, submerge myself and just be with myself. And it was a real cool experience and I just wanted to carry it on. But I wanted to take it to the next level. And I thought, you know, what, what would that be? Would it be swimming? Now, you know, I'm not really much of a swimmer. So I thought, you know, surfing's probably the next best thing. And I remember going out with my soon-to-be flatmate, Lucas. Um, actually, he'd be a great dude to get on this podcast. Yeah. If at any point, yeah, he's a bloody good dude. Um, he took me out to for my first surf at Ocean Beach when I was 19. I must have been, must have been 19. Yeah, that's nineteen, and <laughs> here we were in the middle of summer. And I was on a six footer and a five four, wedding, mm-hmm. um, which is like a winter winter wetsuit for people who don't know that. Um, very thick, fucking wetsuit, paddling around in these waves. You'd be quite buoyant. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, I was the board wasn't. You know, <laughs> so I was like slipping around, and you know, your first session out of surfing, you. You're fucking going side to side trying to, you know, find your balance on the board itself. Because even that's a hard step to do when you first start surfing is to actually stay on the board and paddle. And I remember just fucking dying. Couldn't, couldn't even fucking breathe. I was just red in the face. I was, so then this is impossible. You know, I'd just reach Lucas and then he'd paddle away. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm going to paddle away. Oh, I'm just fucking trying to get... And, um, yeah, it just got to the point where I had to go back in and wait for Lucas to get in. Um, but going home with the biggest grin on my face that I've had in ages, that I had had in ages. Um, and yeah, just found a profound love for surfing mm-hmm. that day. But I didn't do anything with it for another year. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of put that in the back burner because I had things to sort out in my life. And... Nick Herbison, my mate who's booking at Lanterns this Saturday at Pika, he took me out of the reef after this massive storm swell came in. And <laughs> Your second time. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's like, no, no, come on out. It'll be fine. Yeah, I'm a spare boy. I wasn't a bloody five foot 11 EPS foam. So you're getting shorter. Spider. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, like getting... Getting the real, getting the real elbow grease in the head, throwing in the deep end. So literally, <laughs> literally, yeah, yeah, literally. And um, you know, I didn't catch anything that day. And then I asked Nick, I'm like, dude, I'd love to learn how to surf. I just told him I was like, fucking love to. He's like, okay, well let's do it. And at the time, we were doing busking at Tiwanga Markets in the summer. It was at the end of summer. And he was like, yo, let's go up to Tiwong afterwards. There's a couple of small waves that you can just go paddle around and learn to sit on your board and mm-hmm. do all the, the kooky stuff that you do when you're <coughs> first starting out. And so, yeah, I, I think that was the, the evening that my whole life changed because I would go out every single day after that. Mm-hmm. And I'd be borrowing my mate's surfboards from left, right and centre just trying to find a surfboard to go out and find these these waves and I'd go out even if I didn't catch anything I'd still have the best time mm-hmm. just because I knew that I was progressing towards something that I was going to love for the rest of my life man mm. and it's to the point now 
where you know I've, I've caught a five footer left hand break you know I'm goofy so I'm, I'm going for yeah, the side man me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah pound it okay, we stick together but fucking Raglan man way all bay just going up and down the space you know highlighting just getting up to the lip and doing little turns like the best feeling I've ever had in my life you know you're gliding in this beautiful blue piece of glass folding over you and in front of you at the same time just gliding on this egg shell or on this egg white you know, mm-hmm. like a raw egg white just flying through the universe. And it's an indescribable feeling, you know. It's the best feeling in the world. And for me to stick through that those first, you know, pretty hellish sessions to now where paddling's a breeze, standing up is, you know, still a little bit of a still a little bit of a go there. But um yeah, and, and getting getting to a point where I can actually ride away it's it's probably what's been pushing me to help with this whole working out <laughs> yeah. because because I've just been showing I've proven myself that I can get from A to B nice if I set my mind to it wicked yeah fuck I love that um yeah I'm still in search of that first wave but nah it's oh dude it's, it's cool for real it's the best fucking feeling yeah there's a surf, surfboard here I must must ask the flatmates uh, do, you, do you use that <laughs> yeah. oh dude it's a main board yeah it looks like a six six two maybe yeah need there's a weedy there as well maybe oh dude well we gotta go out sometime <laughs> don't know if that would fit me either um yeah but like it, it's um it's funny you're talking about like the the patience and the love for working out <clears throat> mm. I've, I've sort of got this um and it's been good doing something completely different like ultra running mm. like something that my body's not used to and so i had to be a beginner and it's the same with surfing like right. um growing up in invercargill like i would i swam till i was about 15 and then i played water polo after that and then like we used to go bodyboarding out at the Aridi beach it's not really the best surfing beach it's just gigantic so it's just you know what sure. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you get yeah. Out, closing out, you know? <laughs> yeah 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 and so and then to um yeah grab a grab a long board and, and try to get out there and get as you say get bowled around oh fuck yeah yeah you gotta, you gotta eat shit man yeah and try. like you're like paddling on and and um makes some man who, who can surf or could surf um he'd just be like oh you're you're too late oh you were too early and I was like well, fuck, when, when was it yeah. and it felt, it felt like um, I was forgetting Sarah Marshall like do this do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's but yeah like um, it's the same yeah people probably look at me going hunting and like what the fuck are you up to like you don't shoot anything I was like nah it's, it's not even about nah, that no it's not about that yeah it's the experience and it's also the the chapter man yeah it's, yeah. That, it's that living that chapter of you know I'll get there Mm. But you got to enjoy that. You got to enjoy that session. You know, mm. you got to enjoy those those flops in the water. Mm-hmm. You got to enjoy that walking back in with fucking sore feet from the rocks and you fucking hate the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Go on and cry and fucking enjoy some ice cream and shit. Yeah, ice cream's good. Days, you know? Yeah, man. Like today, I don't even want to go to the gym. I just finished fucking five hours of this labor work that I'm doing for my mate's mum. Mm. Um, digging digging holes, digging dirt over, putting compost back on. You know, and, and just in the sun, it was 26 degrees. Yeah, I was scorching today. Fuck it was man. weird. Pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> shot off, but, you know, like, it wasn't really. <laughs> I was wearing a jersey. <laughs> yeah, I was wearing a beanie. <laughs> 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 Digging holes, being like, fuck, Jesus, fuck. 
Um, yeah, no. Nah, so I like getting them oil, and my car was getting repaired, and I had to get a new muffler for my car. Oh, dickily. Yeah, it was two fifty. Not too bad. That's not bad. Yeah, well, he welded through my old one, <laughs> trying to fix the mounting accident. That was welded through, so I'd imagine it was a discount. But um, yeah. I had a couple beers with my mate while I was waiting for my car to get done and, and then I was like fuck I got my car back and thought can't be bothered going to the gym I've got this podcast tonight I might just go and have a nap beforehand yeah but then I was like fuck it I've got everything in my car I'm driving I'm in town let's just go let's just go to the gym and I got there I was like fuck it just go on the treadmill do okay that's all you need to do so I got on the treadmill did okay alright sweet you've done that now just go do some lap pull downs easy yeah go down did the lap pull downs you know, I did three sets, dude. Yeah, three sets of ten. Nice. Yeah, three sets of ten. Um, at forty-five for two of them, and then fifty at the last one. And I found the more I just kind of went, just do it. You know, just get fuck it. You know, why not? Um, did the leg, did the leg press, beat my PA. Yeah. PB. PB. PR. PR. PA. PA. Beat my person. Beat my personal assistant. <laughs> she was the one writing down your, your yeah, scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no. Oh, that's PT. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And just kept going, eh? Just did things that I wouldn't normally do. And I think it was just that initial flare of discipline that, that led on to that more, that led on to that want for more discipline. Shit, yeah. You know, <clears throat> it kind of grows in you the more you let yourself be disciplined by yourself. It's the same as like giving up the weed and, the, and alcohol and the ciggies, man. Like, <laughs> I was bad for the weed for ages, eh? Not so much anymore. But, um, yeah, it's just that whole, you know, carrot. Oh, I, I've used elbow grease like fucking 30 times this podcast. Sticks and carrots? Sticks and carrots, <laughs> man. It's just the whole sticks and carrots of just keep going you know yeah so like you're talking about doing lots of reps like Mm. in the gym um in the sauna Mm. in the waves um obviously with music with uh with um production and things you said you said used elbow grease a lot how have you sort of found that affect this anxiety that you came up with how how would you describe your anxiety a couple years ago fuck man oh jeez um yeah, so surfing's been a massive one, mm-hmm. first off, uh, for anxiety cure. <laughs> it's like the natural, the most natural high, um, and the most incredible feeling when you get back in from the water and you've just done that, you know, you've just mm-hmm. conquered that wave, and, you know, conversations don't seem so high anymore, mm-hmm. you know, when you've just fucking surfed a sick wave. Um, the music for me, I have to watch out for, because mm-hmm. that actually a lot of people's surprise can be the reason for my anxiety mm-hmm. a lot of the time why is that well i mean for starters i play a lot of gigs mm-hmm. which means dealing with a lot of people yeah and you're dealing with a lot of people with the same energy that we're using right now talking face to face yeah because you're singing you know you're using a lot of that that downtime that you would normally have on a friday night right to yourself or that a lot you know um that you'd be spending with your mates but you know i'm, I'm providing a, a sort of vibe that people I did a watch you know you're just basically a pawn for their good time mm-hmm. and you know at first I thought fuck there's nothing better I want to be doing than playing my music and I'm just being real with you at the moment yeah. like every job's a shit job <laughs> and sometimes you, you 
you get it you, you get it real good because you get interested in your job again and you're having fun mm-hmm. and sometimes you fucking hate it mm-hmm. and I found that music was probably the source of my anxiety for a long time and it wasn't until I brought in the surfing and just recently the working out and also these mates these sons boys, mm-hmm. that my anxiety started to become um started to become factors or or things that I'm not happy with in myself mm-hmm. and not things that I was doing or cool. not doing mm-hmm. so now that I'm getting my body moving and I'm eating feeding personal bests and I'm evolving as a human being these things that used to look so big like the way that I'd reply to people or the way that I'd walk down the street and think um, they just go away you know and and it's because they, they turn into something else. You know, anxiety will turn into, uh, I don't want to say problems, but they turn into uprises of things that I wasn't aware of about myself before mm-hmm. because it was just anxiety. But now it's, oh, I need to be more punctual to work mm-hmm. or I need to be more disciplined. You know, I need to, I need to stop the smoking. I need to stop so much drinking. And I found that, oh, and I need to fucking slow down with my music mm-hmm. that's the biggest one was I need to fucking watch out for my music I need to I need to really take care of that because that's mine and, and no one can really take that from me um, and you know it's one thing for somebody to call you talented but it's another for somebody to sit down and look at you and say you're a fucking inspiration hmm. you know and which is what Seamus did or what Cam and Johnny did you know and that's when I when I started working out and all that I did realize I was overdoing it mm-hmm. a little bit you know I was putting too much strain on myself and so therefore I began doing things that would help me um, so I wouldn't be showing up late for a gig mm-hmm. I'd be showing up an hour early so I could get set up in 20 minutes and then have 40 minutes to just meet the bar staff meet the venue chill out write down some songs I wanted to play um, reply to messages put on a story you know like oh, I'm playing this gig come on down um, have a drink and just chill you know and, and, and it just wasn't so bad anymore you know, mm. it was just work it was just playing music to people and playing songs and the production you know I had to give that a rest as well because I was putting too much strain and expectation on myself um, so I think yeah the working out and the surfing became the reason to my freedom Mm. It's because I was focusing on a good thing about myself way too much, mm-hmm. which was my music. You know, I was focusing way too much. I was putting my whole life towards it. You know, I was going, "This is the only thing that's going to make me happy." Yeah, you know, yeah. I was wrong. Too much, too much weight on on that thing. Was exactly. that right? Yeah, you kind of turn up to the good thing. That's exactly what it does. Nice. And so, with the sort of anxious thoughts originally, was that kind of like? the bad side of attraction of that law of attraction we're talking about like the definitely bro. Yeah, definitely like you were concentrating so much on a, ne- on a negative and escalating out a negative and creating this this broad base of issues yeah 100% I mean I didn't want to be seen as this grotty low life musician <laughs> but I'd be showing up late and sweaty and still hung over from the night before right and so I'd be so aware of that I'd be like such a loser and shit um, 
Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 The bad side of the yeah, bad side of attraction for sure. Yeah. And the whole like, oh, I'm gonna gain weight if I keep eating like this. Fuck yeah, you are. <laughs> so stop fucking eating like that. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't. You know, I'd just be in my room, deliver easy, boom, boom, done. I'm this fucking thing. Yeah. I'll do burrits. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you said when you were 11, you went out into Wellington and Cuba Street and started playing the guitar and then started singing. Sure. Um, yeah. what's, what's it like now? Like I saw you on Heather Thomas Street outside Common Room yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago. Like, Did you, did you say hi? Or? I you you were at heaps of people. Oh sure sure. You were you were, you were into it. And sure sure. I think you were, were changing songs or something and yeah. That was, nah, no worries. Like, it was all good. Nah, I'm not offended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what's what's it like uh, being out there now busking compared to like you say working? You know, mm. doing a gig. You know, being being headlining. What what what's, oh, what's like, it like? What's it like now? Yeah. Like what's the bus? What's busking like? Well, busking's easy, man. It's yeah. easy, like. Like, it's probably one of the more fun parts of music. Cool. Because people are walking past, and you're just that dude on the street playing music. <laughs> and I really like that. And you got a microphone now, you know, like, oh, I didn't have a microphone before. Yeah. I actually don't like busking without one. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is because I feel like I'm wasting my time a little bit. Mm. I feel like the microphone brings in more cash for one. It's not why I lie. It's a, yeah, it's a bit of both. You know, like I, I like to be heard. Mm-hmm. If I'm putting my energy out, and I like to get it back. Um, without a microphone, it's a lot harder to get people's attention mm-hmm. because you're just a dude with a guitar on the side of the street. But if you have an amp and you have a microphone, you know, oh, well, he's a musician. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a whole musician over there. <laughs> and they're chilling, you know. They're having a bagel or whatever they have you, you know, a coffee, and they're, you know, so here's two bucks, you know. You you earned that. You you sit up there and you earned that. Nice. Um, and fucking headlining shows, organizing events, man. Like that's the fucking ticket. It's <laughs> a fucking blast. Like you. I was up there with my boys on Friday night, I believe. At uh, graduation, destination yeah, graduation. Just, yeah. Right. Yeah. Friday night. I looked off the chain. <laughs> we had people to the door. We had 350 people, 400 people, all eyes on us. Oh, we're going to be fucking killing it, man. Seamus and Seamus and Kamzi, they're a whole fucking duo, man. Like, they're, they're, they're spice. I say Seamus and Kamzi, like, Zonny's awesome as well, but I've known Zonny and I know the way he performs. <laughs> to see Seamus and Kamzi really come out of the shell that night was awesome, you know. I mean, Seamus has always been out of the shell. He's fucking the most, one of the most confident dudes I've ever met. But um, personally, man, being on stage with my mates in a room crowded with people and you're the one on stage, it's pretty special, man. It's yeah. a pretty special feeling, especially when they all beats coming through the speakers. Yeah. It's a pretty buzzy feeling. Nah, it's, it's cool. And then so um, you sort of said how originally the challenge of, being in a room to write what's what's it like um doing these three style thursdays man oh man yeah that <laughs> is fucking always a gamble <laughs> on how i'm going um every time at the end it's great yeah you know, so stoked i've done it every time before 
I'd be freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't let people know that. You know, you can't say that because then they're going to be like, well, what, what can we do about it? Like, you know, we're rolling on in 10 minutes. You've got no choice. He's, really. he's uh, doing his intro and it's going live. <laughs> Pretty much, man. And so, yeah, I mean, there have been sessions where I've been like, fuck this. Um, no offense to any of the boys involved. You know, this is purely my own stuff. Uh, my own will to perform and how I was feeling that day. Yeah. Um, other sessions, I didn't want it to stop. Yeah. Like, there have been times where I've been looking around the room and I'm like, this is exactly where I need to be at the moment. Um, and I think that relates back to the whole slowing down and letting, letting myself recover from music. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there are ups and downs to being that guy with the guitar. Because you have the ability to switch a room up like that, you know, mm, all the time. Mm. You have everybody smiling and laughing and loving it. Um, other times you have people not enjoying it so much, and you notice that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have people wanting to use notice it, and that's when it's kind of a laugh because they're just looking like a dickhead trying to, trying to make you feel bad about themselves, but trying to make you bad, feel bad about yourself, but. In reality, you know, that, that's just their problem. Um, and then other times you just feel a bit used and abused. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not their fault for saying that. But, you know, you walk into a room full of people and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll grab the guitar. And, you know, you've just finished a six-hour gig. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm grabbing the guitar. And they're like, oh, come on. It's like, no, no, I can't. Um, so I guess as the dude with the guitar on Three Star Thursdays, um, yeah, it's always a gamble mm-hmm. on how it goes for me. Um, I don't actually tell this to the boys just because um, it seems small mm. after I've done it. You know, yeah. it seems too small to bring up, and because it is, you know, like we're all on our own path, and it's, you know, I have to keep reminding myself that it's part of the ten thousand hours. Yeah. You don't know until you try. I would way rather push past this and do it than not do it. Mm. Because once I'm home and I haven't gone, I'll be like, well, what am I doing? What am I doing here? Like I could, I could be on a live stream, mm. Mm. working with my boys to a to a destination, you know. And that's that's kind of like what you did today, going to the gym, eh? Exactly, bro. Exactly. It's, again, it's more reps of doing those uncomfortable things. Yeah. And it matters so much more when it's your family and mm-hmm. you're going forward. I think that's the thing that keeps me going, man, is, is, is knowing that you have a part to play. So play it. Mm-hmm. Because before you know it, you can't, you know. <laughs> you got to take every opportunity that comes in. Like even coming on this podcast, I knew this was going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. I, lo- I love podcasts, man. I love listening to them and I've been on one before. But yeah, just to be asked to go on a podcast and talk about your life for a bit, it's fucking cool. Why yeah, not? You know, like this is a this is a moment in time you can look back on, and you know, you, you mentioned that you split up with your partner and you were and you you were going through it in lockdown, you know, man, and you're hunting and you're surfing. Like this is a whole moment in time for us right now. You know, yeah. you need to look back on this in a couple of years and realize how much how far you've come, and how far you've yet to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just really special. That, that's um, yeah, that's a really really good thought and, and like as you say anxiety sometimes about well what fucking could happen yeah but it's also what could happen well, yeah man <laughs> like, anxiety is literally 
you complaining because you're not in control. Yeah. You're complaining silently. <laughs> to yourself. You're to yourself, to no one else. You just go, oh, I'm not in control. And then it turns into this empty strain of fear, mm-hmm. which doesn't help any, anything. It yeah. doesn't help anything. It doesn't even, well, if anything, it, yeah, it doesn't help anything. So is, is the um, surfing and the training in the mm. sauna, is that just like, as well, little bits of control things that you committed to yeah. and you did well yeah because you know if, if i'm if i am going through life like i'm not tommy chong right like i can't fucking who's that tommy chong <laughs> yeah old fucking cheech and chong oh cheech and chong right yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do know the name yeah tommy chong you know he breezes through life like snoop dog you know he's, <laughs> he's not in control man but he is you know like he's yeah. snoop dog you know he's, he sees the doggy dog he's, he didn't get there by accident of snoop nah he's a smart guy but that's what I mean. I'm not them, so I'm not. I'm not super chill of not being in control and just seeing how things play out. I do need a little bit of that. And if I didn't have the working out and the surfing, and um, yeah, I'd feel a lot less in control of my emotions. <laughs> and you know, being a songwriter, dude, I'm sensitive as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, man, we all are. All songwriters were sensitive, narcissistic, empaths. Yeah, like, that's what we are, and it's just how we are. So I need a little bit of control in my day and I need a little bit of time to myself. I need a lot of time to myself to to recharge my batteries and to actually think about what I'm doing and how I want to execute it. So what's, what's, um, for you, what's the come down like after those 48 hours, you know, um, page the stage, Mm. the van, Mm. the night, whatever you did afterwards and getting getting back. Oh yeah. Did you stop off for the mountain biking too? (laughs) Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, I was there. It was there. fucking sick. It was really cool to see. We were chilling on top of the hill, and Jack and all them, they were going around and doing the flow and then went down to the bottom and, and did the jump. But you couldn't see the gap. I didn't actually realize there was a gap. Yeah. Dude, we got down to the bottom, and I was like stoned and a little bit drunk still. What <laughs> can, man. And we were astonished at the gap. And yeah. It was fucking huge. They jumped a land rover. <laughs> Yeah, and some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that was, that was just the track that they did. Yeah, I just watched um, before you showed up. Just watched um, Jack's bloody GoPro, and then and then was it Jussie down? But yeah, he, but he had him going yeah, over. Yeah, Jussie, like, Jussie, Jussie jumped in the back of the Land Rover, <laughs> and Cam was fucking driving, bottle of tequila deep. Um, yeah, now nah, fucking absolutely off his chops. <laughs> trying to drive this fucking 1989 Land Rover sort of thing that's a collector's item that thing yeah it's fucking dope (laughs) but um yeah no it's so funny but um yeah to witness that firsthand was a real real cool opportunity and that's what I mean you know like just being there in the moment um but yeah the the come down afterwards I actually really enjoyed it I was went went to sleep slept for 18 hours 14 hours (laughs) That's walked awesome. Up, walked into a stuck hall for my sister and my niece. Yeah. And yeah, it was great. And you're like, I didn't have a or anything. And you're like, man, that was awesome. And and this is awesome. Pretty much, pretty <laughs> much, man. I think, and I think, I think that to because what the tenth of May. Yeah. So yeah, we're on. Yeah, I must have slept all day Saturday, pretty much. <laughs> um, went to the gym. Did I go? No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We got back Saturday night, 
That's right. We got back Saturday night. I had a fucking deli roast meal. Mm. I was like, I ain't cooking tonight. Lamb deli roast, let's go. Um, <laughs> in my car, watching Ricky Gervais do stand up. Nice. Just eating this lamb roast, fucking going. That was epic. Went to sleep, slept for 14 hours. Skyped my sister. Then Sunday, went to the gym. Yeah. Worked that all well. Sauntered. Went to my mates to do some production. And um, watch Suits there you on go. Netflix. And yeah, just basically just self-care, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, self-care, yeah. for sure. You just kind of think of wedding crashes. Living the dream. Living the dream. Me love. Me love. I never know what you do that. <laughs> All time, that film. All time. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So good to crash his funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. I tell you, he's on next level. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. He's like, you know, the girl's crying. He's like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, boy, he's like, oh, oh, damn, Bull Farrell. He's out the gate. Yeah, man. No, he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking love him. Grew up with him. My dad loved him. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Nah, Anchorman, bro. Oh. Yeah, so for for Anchorman, um, so I did my first year in Dunedin, uh, in Auckland, and then went down to Dunedin. So I was a little bit like you. I was sleeping on my mate's couch because I didn't have a flat. I found out on Waitangi Day, and I think you know that one might have been Monday or Tuesday. And then the next weekend was the start of week, and so I was like, right, guess I'm going to Dunedin. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was crashing on my mate's couch, and it was O week, right? And it was like, well, there's no classes for a week. What are we going to do all day? So I bought um, super bad and Anchorman. And so for the whole two weeks, we'd get up, like yeah. dust ourselves off, shower. We probably went to the gym. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we still thought we were athletes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> not that year anyway. But um, yeah, um, yeah, we'd chuck it on and then we'd chuck it on Superbad. Superbad is Then we'd chuck it on Anchorman again. So then the next day we'd chuck on Superbad, Anchorman. <laughs> Maybe super bad again. And it got to the stage eh, where we were watching it come in and it was like, you're not allowed to say any quote or else you got to drink. That's great, bro. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I think um watched it about 20 times in two weeks. They're we'll... not bad movies to watch. Oh, oh they're so oh, the good. same with fucking Anchorman, eh? Yeah. Oh, you walked the beard. Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. It's, yeah, it's all so time. Sweet, Joey. Just getting late. Where, yeah. where do people find you, brother? Uh, Spotify. Yeah. So, Joe Cole on Spotify, J-O-E-C-O-L-E. You're um, the only one? I think so, bro. But I'm not on the um, cinematography side of things. Yeah. Or Joe Cole, the English actor who plays John Shelby in Peaky yeah. Blinders. <laughs> it's hard. There's Ashley Cole, and I reckon there was a Joe Cole footballer too, but I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he played for Chelsea. Right. Chelsea, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I thought that was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe Cole. And uh, Instagram is Joe is a fun guy. Uh, spelled F U N G I, the mushroom. Yeah. Um, thought of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, pretty much just look out for me in Hawke's Bay and uh, follow Sons as well. Sons, S U N Z, something ultra New Zealand. I'm coming for you. Brilliant. So, uh, what keeps you in flow, brother? Keeps me in flow. What, three words? Oh, just whatever. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, if it's if it's three words, then that's good. <laughs> uh, what keeps me in flow is is always looking forward to what's coming next and checking up on your mates. 
because your mates are special, you know, even if that's your mum. Nice. Mm. Brilliant, brother. Sweet as. Thanks for having me, bro. Awesome. Nice, man. Goofy feet. Yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) Let's go. We'll take it over. Good. (laughs) Well, that's up.